Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up on today's show, we're going to look back on the Super Bowl and the aftermath of that debacle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Tom Brady takes home Super Bowl title number seven. We'll break it all down and more coming up. We always start these Monday shows, as we've done all season long, with a question of what did we learn and we'll get to that in just a second but before we do i want to remind the folks out there to subscribe to the jones report new episodes out uh, on mondays and thursdays on apple spotify and google Podcasts. and uh, you can also find me on social media at tyler jones live on twitter facebook instagram all that great stuff there would certainly appreciate it if you followed there and uh, we thank you for uh, following along as you've done all season. And the question that we asked, what did we learn this weekend? Uh, I mean, obviously, obviously the biggest thing we learned this weekend more than anything is that Jose Canseco can't fight. That's that's the biggest thing of, of all. Uh, I did laugh, uh, get a kick out of seeing that on uh, Friday night. Did not pay the $20 to see it, but I got to see the whole fight on Twitter. Everybody was tweeting out how fast Jose Canseco got knocked out by uh, our guy Billy Football from Barstool there. That was funny. Um, but then the weekend after that kind of went all downhill. KU got beat by West Virginia Saturday. Just a uh, better West Virginia team. And then Sunday, uh, the, the big thing that we learned from Sunday, and, and I'll break this down into a couple things. Um, first off, the, the Patriot way wasn't the Patriot way. It was the Tom Brady way. And, you know... We're recording this on uh, Monday morning, and I'm glad I waited to hit the microphone until Monday morning to react to this Super Bowl because uh, you, you never want to respond out of emotion to things and you know take some time to digest and sleep on it and such. And you know, here we are a few hours later, and you know, I'll be honest, I, I can't even be that mad about last night. In actuality, um, and, and here's why I say that for for a few reasons. One, Tampa was the better team. It wasn't a situation I would have been more upset um, if the Chiefs had lost a close game, and I would have been losing sleep last night over well, man, if one play went this way or if they did this one thing different or something like that, that would have been something that I was losing sleep over. But the better team won last night, and it wasn't even close. Um, the Bucs were well more prepared. They uh, came out from the jump a lot better than Kansas City did. Bruce Arians outcoached Andy Reid by a mile. I love Andy Reid. Andy's a Hall of Fame coach. And has done a lot for Kansas City. But Andy Reid was not ready. Andy did not have this team ready to go. That game plan, the Chiefs came out way too conservative. And uh, all night long, they were not willing to take shots and do what they needed to do to win. The Chiefs were not playing to win. They were playing not to lose. And that's ultimately one of the reasons why they lost this game was uh, that mindset of what they were, uh, you know, not being aggressive. And that's one of the things I love about the Kansas City Chiefs. So what we've seen in the last three years with Patrick Mahomes as the starting quarterback in Kansas City that they do so well 
is they're aggressive. They're willing to take shots. They're willing to go out of their way, do things that we've never seen before. But we got the Andy Reid of the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night. That's who we saw coach that team. That wasn't the Chiefs' Andy Reid. That was the the bad Philadelphia Eagles' Andy Reid. And we haven't seen that come out too often in Kansas City, but we did see it on Sunday night. Uh, They weren't ready for that game. And, And a lot of that falls on Andy. But... Back to Tom Brady, the Brady way. Um, You know, think about this with Tom. Um, We we heard for years it was all about Belichick and the coaching and, uh, you know, what what Belichick put him through and all that. And now Tom gets it done in Tampa. Tampa played, you know, Tampa. Tom played great last night. Um, You know, they say Father Time's undefeated. Uh, I, I think he's got his one loss, and that being to Tom Brady. Because um, Tom was was just terrific. I mean, he, he played flawless. 21-29, 201 yards, three touchdowns. They ran the ball well with Leonard Fournette. He had 16 carries, 89 yards, and a touchdown. But here was the Tom Brady way. When I mentioned that the Bucks win won that way, and that the Patriot way doesn't really exist. Here's what the Tom Brady way was, okay? Tom played mistake-free football, and they established the run. Tom has always, uh, you know, throughout his career, has not shied from wanting to have his team run the football. Um, You know, for, for being the Hall of Fame quarterback he is, you know, the greatest of all time, Tom Brady's the first one to tell you that you need to establish the run. They did that with Leonard Fournette. Chiefs had no answer. Ronald Jones was great running the football as well. They gassed the Chiefs running the football. 145 yards on the ground. They had balance, and that was the Tom Brady way. Receiving-wise, Gronk, uh, Chiefs had no answer for Gronk. Gronk looked like what he did five years ago. With Brady and Gronk, that connection there. Two touchdowns he had. We saw the Gronk spike and all that. Six catches, 67 yards. Leonard Fournette. Remember it wasn't too long ago this year that the Bucks were sitting back and saying to themselves, why did we bring in Leonard Fournette? Tom Brady wants to throw the ball to his receivers and Leonard Fournette can't catch the football. And Leonard Fournette is struggling there to catch the ball. And what do you know? Leonard Fournette, he ends up with four catches and 46 yards in the Super Bowl, second among Bucks receivers. And he was a key piece to the passing game for the Bucks the entire playoff run. So Leonard Fournette proved his worth. Um, you know, they, they did things the Brady way. There in Tampa. Um, Now, looking at the Chiefs, of what went wrong for the Kansas City Chiefs, I know Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions, and some folks are going to hold that against him. But let me be the first to tell you, Patrick Mahomes is not the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks last night. Not the reason at all. Patrick played his heart out and left everything out on the field. He had no time to throw all night long, was trying to make something when there was nothing there. 
Um, you know, he had 49 pass attempts. Patrick did everything he could. And even without a touchdown, which was crazy to think about. I think that's the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era that we have not seen the Chiefs score a touchdown. And, you know, think about this, too, with, uh, with Patrick Mahomes not getting a, a touchdown. There was a, a few things that we saw for the first time. Before this game, Patrick Mahomes had never lost a game by more than eight points. It was a few more than eight this time. First game that we've seen them not have a touchdown. Uh, there, there was many firsts to this game uh, for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But Patrick did everything he could. He was running for his life all night long. And I tweeted towards the end of the game, Eric Fisher did not play in this game. And we, we talked about this going in, that I didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal because Eric Fisher is an okay left tackle. He's been to a couple Pro Bowls, but he's been very inconsistent throughout his career. And I thought the Chiefs could get through one game without their starting left tackle, Eric Fisher. But no Mitchell Schwartz out there either. He's been gone for much of the second half of this season. And the Bucs defensive line came to play. That Dean line, that front seven, just ate the Chiefs offensive line alive with what they did, with the performance they put together. The Chiefs offensive line had no answer. They were terrible. And I think we saw the value of the offensive line, that you have to give Patrick Mahomes some protection. You have to give him some time of some sorts. And that's what happens when you get to the end of the season here, is that it becomes survival of the fittest of sorts. Who's still around? to be able to play in these big games. Um, you know, Eric Fisher actually didn't play in the first meeting against the Bucs, uh, believe it or not. Um, you know, he was injured in that game, uh, but the Chiefs still won then. But now uh, they had more time. The Chiefs were just a much different team. You look at, you know, throughout history, these teams that win championships, there's a moment that clicks of some sorts where everything starts to turn around for them. And with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, it was that second half against the Kansas City Chiefs that really their season went a whole nother direction. If you recall, Tyreek Hill had one of the greatest single season, uh, you know, first quarters and uh, single game first quarters in NFL history that went against the Bucs back in November over 200 yards. And now... Since then, when the Chiefs jumped out to that big lead, um, a lot of folks, myself included, thought that in the rest of that game, the Chiefs kind of laid off the gas a little bit. Um, and in actuality, the Bucs made adjustments. And the, ju- and the Bucs played a whole lot better from that second half on in that first meeting. And they were a different team the rest of the way. Didn't lose a game after that game to the Chiefs. Uh, finishing out the season 8-0 and after starting out the year 11-5. And and um, you go back to this game here, and they picked up almost where they left off from that second half against the Chiefs there, doing some of the similar stuff we'd seen before. Trying to take away Tyreek Hill. 
um, which they didn't do initially in that first game, but later on they did and they continued to do so. You look at the, the Chiefs stat line. Here's some numbers for you. Travis Kelsey, um, 10 catches, 133 yards. Kelsey was great. And, and here's one thing that I think you can look back at last night and you can say to yourself, if you're going up against the Chiefs, you, you, you're going to let Travis Kelsey have his. If you have to choose, you know, the, the, the question that we saw all season long, really the last couple seasons, uh, when you faced the Chiefs was, are you going to double up Travis Kelsey or are you going to double up Tyreek Kill? You kind of have to pick your poison of sorts. And what teams have done is, you know, based on their matchup, we've seen it different ways. And this time, the Bucks focused on Tyreek Hill, that they weren't going to let Tyreek Hill beat them again. He only Tyreek only had two catches in the first half. He ended up with seven catches for 73 yards. A decent outing from Tyreek Hill, but not, not the great, you know, breakout game we typically see from Tyreek. But Travis Kelsey got his, 10 catches for 133 yards. I think as time goes along, we're going to see more teams in the future decide you'll let Travis Kelsey get his and not get beat by Tyreek Hill. Don't let Tyreek Hill get let you beat, beat you that way. I think that's what we're going to see more teams do uh, in the future. But then... Where was everybody else? I mean, this dynamic Chiefs offense that was, you know, built up to be one of the greatest offenses of all time. Where were they? The the Chiefs could not establish the run game. You had a, a few breakout runs from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, he opened up the second half with that twenty six yard run. Like, okay, all right. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes had a few scrambles himself for thirty three yards. But the run game really never got going. Um, after Kelsey and Hill, where was everybody else? Sammy Watkins, you finally get him back after all this time. And he had one one catch. One catch for Sammy Watkins. You, you paid him $9 million. You bring him back because of how special he is in the postseason. And you got one catch from him this entire postseason. That's not going to fly. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's a rookie. Two catches, 200, uh, 23 yards. Um, you know, you, you look at Clyde with those numbers, and it was okay. But, you know, he's young. We'll see him back in this position later on. But some of these other guys, Demarcus Robinson, one catch at 11 yards. Um, McCall Hardman. Two catches, four yards. Byron Pringle, one catch, three yards. Where were those guys? Where was those guys? I think if you you were saying, if you're the Chiefs, going into this game, it wasn't going to be just Hill. It wasn't going to be just Kelsey. They needed to have a, a third option, really have a breakout night of sorts. You didn't have that. Nobody had that breakout night. And we've seen it from the Chiefs time and time again over the years, whether it's playoff Sammy Watkins or whether it's Demarcus Robinson or one of these running backs of some sorts. You know, last year's Super Bowl, Damian Williams went off. Sammy Watkins went off. But you didn't have that other option of sorts. 
for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Now, one thing I'll say, and I, I hate even bringing this up, but I think we would be remiss from the situation that unfolded Friday night with, uh, with Britt Reed. And uh, just the horrible situation uh, involving the uh, young kids that were in the car accident and such. Um, that was a shockwave. That was a shock. That was a hit to the Chiefs organization. And certainly, we're thinking about the kids involved and hope they're okay. That's the number one thing you think about. But this is Andy Reid's son here, right? This is the outside linebacking core. The you know is is the position that that uh, Britt Reed coaches and um, that is pretty much the worst unit on this entire team is the linebacking core and you know I, I don't mean to sound this way of sorts but you you can't act like that wasn't something that had that didn't have an effect on this team this was something that threw them off course of sorts. Um, You know, at the 11th hour before the Super Bowl begins, this type of horrific thing comes up. And, you know, it it affects you mentally. This was, you know, Andy Reid's family right here that we're talking about. This is one of your assistant coaches, not there. And I'm not saying this was the difference between the win and the loss for the Chiefs, but... You'd be lying to yourself if you said this wasn't an effect of some sorts of this being out there and what went on. And trying to think about, you know, the big picture in life. Um, you know, I, I was I was a little frustrated with CBS and how they handled this game and, and not bringing that up, not till the end of the game. That was a big story, what happened Friday night. It was a, a horrible thing that happened. But... It's a big part of this Super Bowl and this Super Bowl story. And I don't think you can ignore that, that that was a distraction of sorts to this Chiefs team that threw them off what they were preparing for and such. Um, that wasn't on their minds. And, you know, I, I, I hate it for those kids and what they went through. And I hope they're okay. I hope Britt Reid gets the help he needs and such. But it's something that can't be ignored, that you can't just set aside from the Super Bowl and not think about is what happened with Britt Reed there. Now, defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, this Chiefs defense. Now, look at that first half. The Chiefs gave up um, some points in that first half, uh, gave up a, a total of uh, 21 points. They were down 21-6 at halftime. And when they went down 21-6, I was not ready to blame the defense just yet because the offense had made mistakes that put the Chiefs in short field situations. Um, And then you had some penalties, and Chiefs fan, you know, at, at halftime was ready to just throw these officials to the curb and put this game on the refs and all that. They were ready to explode on these officials with some of the calls they've made. And, you know, were there some questionable calls? Absolutely there was. Um, I wish they would have just let them play more, of course. Uh, No doubt about it. But here's the bigger effect that the officiating caused on this game. 
Um, the Chiefs then, after getting the calls defensively uh, on this group, they then started to back off a bit. They were playing scared to get those penalties and quit being aggressive defensively. And that led to more big plays and Tom Brady doing his thing. And so I think that, you know, the the officials, again, I'm not one to blame officials. That's not the route I go. But the officials set the tone in this game that, hey, we're not going to let you get away with, with playing this way. And typically in, in the Super Bowl and the playoffs, traditionally speaking, we see officials let these guys play more and let them do their own thing. But this wasn't the case. The officials called a very ticky-tack game, and you know that's the tone that they ended up setting. And ultimately, the Chiefs paid the price for it um, because once that tone was set, they backed off and they had no answer. Now, you know, you look back at those early possessions, if those things go a different way, maybe we have a closer ball game. But that's not going to be the difference in this ball game. Um, the Bucs were the better team. Simply put, the Bucs today are a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. And here's one thing I'm, I'm willing to kind of give in of sorts when I look back at this game and look at the Kansas City Chiefs. All season long, when the Chiefs were winning these close games um, by these clo- you know, close margins and such, you know, the, the thing I was telling you was the Chiefs were playing about 70 to 80% of what they're capable of. And then the bigger games, they show up more. And we saw that time and time again. The, the science that I put out there looked very factual. You look at the, the Ravens game, both of the Bills games, including that playoff matchup, up and down the line, the Chiefs stepped it up in bigger games when it mattered most. And, you know, I, I don't think my science on that was necessarily wrong, but that we didn't see that science play out this time. That the Chiefs didn't have anything Sunday that it looked like they were holding back of sorts. There wasn't anything new that we'd seen from this Chiefs team. It wasn't like they tr- they unleashed a, a bag of trips tricks and it just all failed. This was the Chiefs team we've seen all season. But they finally got exposed a little bit, um, in a sense. That, you know what, maybe at times, maybe, that the games we thought they were playing 70 to 80% was actually who they were. Or at least, maybe, someone like myself and a lot of the Chiefs fans out there built this team up that they were going to be better than what they were in the postseason. Um, maybe that, that was certainly possible. I will give that. That there was nothing that this team showed last night that said, okay, there it is. That's the Chiefs team we've been waiting to see. That Bills game in the AFC Championship, it's like, all right, 
There it is from the Chiefs. The real Kansas City Chiefs have stood up. This is who they are. I don't know what that team was last night. It wasn't a team that we've been waiting all postseason long to see by any means. Um, It was a team that the offensive line was was just bad. Receivers not catching the ball. Couldn't establish the run game. Offensive line, awful. Defense, couldn't get pressure on Brady. Let him sit in the pocket all night long. Uh, making guacamole or whatever he was doing back there. And, you know, couldn't cover anybody, couldn't stop the run. I mean, all those things, you look back at why the Chiefs lost. There's a lot to dissect there from this performance from the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, congrats to Tom Brady. There's been nobody better to do this than Tom. Um, I I think there's, you know, we, we mentioned the Brady effect. I wouldn't say it's a mental thing for these opponents when they face Tom Brady, but there's something that comes out different from Tom Brady in these postseason games. Um, something from Tom that, you know, he, he doesn't even necessarily have to be the best player on the field for him to be effective. Tom is as smart as any football mind out there. And credit to Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles. The Bucks staff had a great game plan. But Tom Brady was just as much a part of that game plan as anyone else is. Tom Brady making a lot of those calls on the field that we saw. A lot of that goes back to Tom. And there's something different that, about Brady and what he does in the postseason as, a, as opposed to what you see uh, from others that – you know, I, I think that I was thinking about this. Some of these Super Bowls that Brady's been in the last few years. Yeah, this one. You had the game against the Rams a few years back, the Falcons game. You know, all three of those games there. Think about this. The better team going in, um, the Patriots were not favored in any of those three games against Atlanta, or I said the Patriots. Tom Brady's team that he played on was not favored in any of those three games, okay? Against the Falcons, against the Rams, and now the Chiefs. But what we can't take into account and what seems to go by the wayside that you can't just measure up talent-wise that goes a step further is that Tom Brady playoff effect. Sure, maybe Tom hasn't been the best player all season Maybe his team was 7-5 and five at one point, and they were still figuring themselves out. But there's a flip that switches for Tom Brady when it gets to a certain point, when he gets this team together. Think about this Bucks team, too. What did I tell you back in April about the Bucks? I said, watch out. This Bucks team, they're going to go through a bit of a struggle at first. That with no OTAs this offseason – and, you know, you looked at this team uh, of the circumstances that they were going to go through amid COVID-19 and such. This Bucks team is going to take some time, but they're going to be really good later in the season. They're going to be a much better football team. That's what happened. They didn't care about an NFC South title. They didn't care about having to go on the road to come back home and play in Tampa for the Super Bowl. 
you know, you, you didn't have to deal with big crowds and such. If you had to play all your playoff games on the road until the Super Bowl, this was the year to do it. And, and the path, Washington wasn't, wasn't great. That's, that's fine. But to beat New Orleans at their place, to beat Green Bay at their place, and to beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Forget Washington for a moment. This was one of the most impressive Super Bowl runs that we've seen in a long time. And, you know, with with the Chiefs being this team that was the defending champs, that Patrick Mahomes had lost one game as a starter in a two-year stretch and such, they, they felt similar. We were talking about them almost like we did the 07 Patriots team that Tom Brady lost to the 10 and 6 Giants, who the Giants went on the on the road the entire playoffs. They're a wild card team and won the whole thing. This felt like roles reverse, that Tom Brady was getting his ring back of sorts from that Bucks team in 07 that he took on the role as Eli Manning and the Giants in this case and got it done. So, um, you know, the Chiefs are going to be fine. I think you look at this team, they're going to make some changes. You know, you got to get Patrick another weapon this offseason of some sorts, another wide receiver to add to uh, this arsenal. I think you got to do that. That's uh, for sure. Uh, you got to get help on that offensive line. You got to get help. Uh, more defensive help. Spend some money on a linebacker. And, uh, you know, that defensive line, you know, Frank Clark showed up in the beginning, but there's got to be we, – we've seen it was too inconsistent this year. And it was – before this year, it was one of the best units on this team. So you got to get some help uh, there. And uh, Bashad Breeland, man, he struggled last night. Brett, I know you don't like to spend money on corners. It might be time. You might have to spend some money on corners or some sorts. Chiefs will make some changes, but they'll be back. This team's got a great young core. Um, you know, there, there's a always a turning point of some sorts, a roadblock when you look at these great teams that, okay, now what? Now you lost one. When are you going to get back? When are you going to be here again? I don't think it's going to be very long. I don't think this Chiefs team's going away. The Bucks. Tom Brady's beat Father Time. They're going to be really good again next year. We might even have these same two teams in the Super Bowl next year. We very well could. Um, but congrats to Tom Brady and the Patriots. I know Bill Belichick's got to be feeling a little miserable today. Um, but Chiefs fans, this is going to be okay. This too shall pass. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. There's a lot of good football ahead for this Kansas City Chiefs team. Bright future. Um, but a second Super Bowl ring for Patrick Mahomes and company will have to wait one more year at least. On that note, we will uh, get out of here. Um, man, it's been a lot of fun throughout this season bringing you this postgame report on Mondays, uh, breaking down the weekend that was. We'll be back on Thursday with an entire two-plus-hour edition of the Jones Report. We will see you then. As a reminder, as always, subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. You can follow me on social media, facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, Tyler Jones Media Group, Twitter at TJ Media Group at Tyler Jones Live, Instagram, Jones underscore report, Tyler Jones Live. You can find us there. 
And we will see you right back here on Thursday. Man, I, I, one more note. I've already been hearing it from our guy, TJ Reeves. Um, TJ, who you hear from time to time on this show, has, uh, well, he was on the sidelines on Sunday on the Bucks Radio Network. I was already hearing the uh, the chatter from TJ uh, about uh, about this game, doing a little taunting of some sorts. He's texted me during the game, what's this going on? And I got pictures last night from TJ and such, and then tweets this morning, so it's okay, TJ. Enjoy this one. You and Bucks fans waited a long time for this. Enjoy tonight. Enjoy these next couple days uh, for now, because Chiefs aren't going anywhere. They'll be back. They always come back. Uh, Gotta run. See you on Thursday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. So long.